Good morning, Kansas City. This is the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Tuesday, February 27, 2024. Today on the show, we'll have our college basketball insider, Mike DeCourcy, from the Sporting News. Also, former Chiefs wide receiver Mark Borichter will be in studio. We'll also talk to Jared Sutton, our just overall basketball insider, former Mizzou Tiger and current NBA scout for the New Orleans Pelicans, and my co-host for the House of Hustle basketball podcast brought to you by Charlie Hustle. We we were... uh, we were going to do an episode today with uh, Mayor Lucas about uh, the NBA coming to Kansas City and any inside information that the mayor has, but uh, Ben Messner ruined it, so I just tell people how it is. I could do it, Jerry could do it, the mayor could do it, but Ben's schedule is more important than the mayor's, so that's how it is. Wow. And so we're uh, trying to get that done on Friday. <laughs> I love you, Ben. But everything I said, that's uh, true. So. <clears throat> <laughs> Do you doubt me? No, I, d- I, d- I don't. What are you laughing for in there? What's Ben got a haircut or something? <laughs> the fact that Ben's schedule is more important than the marriage. Well, apparently. Yeah, he was unwilling to move his portion, you know. <laughs> So, hey, talk to Sutton about that later. I, I will. I will. It's all good. Of course. You know. Ben does a great job. He does a great job. But he doesn't want to move to alter a schedule for the mayor, so. But you know what? Stan, you I think that's a power move on Ben's part. I kind of respect it. Yeah. yeah you know, well, oh, you're the mayor? Well, you know what? I'm Ben Messner. I got things to do. Well, then go find us a guest for the podcast now. <laughs> How about that? Nate's volunteering. Yeah. Nate, can you do that for us? Are your guest? No, well. I don't have much inside information yeah. on the NBA. Thanks. That wouldn't work out very well. I'll tell you then. some long stories. Yeah. How about that? How about that game between K State and West Virginia? That was a must win for K State last night. And uh it looked like they were gonna have a uh, blowout victory, but then Wolf. they fell apart and allowed West Virginia to come back and they had to go to overtime now where Jerome Tang is 12-0 and in overtime as a head coach. That number just is gets more amazing by the day. By the time they go to overtime, I guess. Yeah. Crazy. You had to have it. They had to have it. Yeah. Almost seems like even more of a must-not-lose than must-win, right? Like, that... that that's just a, that would have been a bad loss to have on the resume. Well, they need wins. They got to yeah. win, man. Yeah. They, CJ said they had to win three of their last four. Well, that was a big one. He um, was he not happy with the crowd again? Jake, did you hear any of those comments? I mean, we have some of the post game. I haven't listened to the whole entirety of them. You hear that, Nate? I did not. I saw some uh, K-State fans kind of tired of him complaining about the... Kellis Robinette. Jerome Tang 
isn't happy about the small student crowds that have been in attendance for the past two games. When we have a home game, we need them to show up. And then I was reading the uh, comments under Kellis Robinette's tweet. And Kellis Robinette covers K-State, of course. Um, Win games equals attendance increases. Well, it goes both ways, Coach. Win and they'll come. Did you ask him if we should be happy with 25-point blown leads? Wow. (laughs) You need to put a product on the floor worthy of showing up for. Has there been anywhere near 40-plus minutes of full effort on the floor yet? We also need the team to show up in the second half, but apparently nobody's perfect. <laughs> Damn. I didn't know this was this, this was a, this was the thing. What well, a quick honeymoon for Jerome Tang, huh? Yeah. The basketball team has to show up first. I mean, they did win. They did win that one. Yeah, they're seven and eight in the league now. You know. Yeah. I didn't realize there was that much discontent because it seemed like you know at the beginning of the year that the the students were protesting in favor of Jerome Tang because they were mad at the school president, right? Well, yeah, because they lost one of their best players. And if they had him, what would their record be? Well, I don't know about that. I'm not going to speculate on that. I have some post-game comments. I want you to give me a specific record. What's he say? Let's hear it. You want to hear it? Mm -hmm. We want a championship culture. Championship culture, you have a standard and you live up to it every single game. And so, you know, I love these these students. I spend a lot of time with them. And, you know, I I, I believe I can hold people accountable. And so I'm going to hold our students accountable to make sure that they fill those seats. Otherwise, we're going to have to give them to some other people. And so to challenge to the students, all you guys who hit me and ask me to repost something or all those things, show up and speak at your things, come have dinner with you, and, and we're there. We're there. We show up, right? And I need you all to show up because it's a 10 to 15 point advantage when you're here. Was that last night? That was last night. Do we have a problem with anything he said? I don't. I'm not a K-State fan. So yeah. No. Hold people accountable. I always think that's interesting. Like, I mean, I don't think this is a fair analogy because KU football was terrible, terrible, terrible. This team is not terrible. They're a bubble team, right? They could go to the NCAA tournament. But when I would hear coaches you know, complain about the, the fan turnout at KU football, my, my general re- response to that is it's it's on you to put out a product that people find worth their time and money. He's And he's talking specifically about the students. Yeah, yeah. He does seem like he does all those things he said, right? Like then he, he gives out his cell phone to them. They, they seem to, his coaching staff shows up. They, they seem like they're pretty invested in being a part of the campus. What, what do you guys have, either have, either you guys have a problem with it? Not, not really. No, I mean, I shoot, I remember times that Roy Williams would gripe about the student section, and and even Bill Self a couple times has said, you know, when when uh, they haven't had the kind of turnouts he's used to, he said something after the game about it. If anything, maybe you take it as a as a point of pride that that home court advantage really does mean that much. He said ten to fifteen point advantage. Is that you think that's accurate? No. I don't know how to put a number on it, but. 
it is pretty clear that when you play in hostile environments in the Big 12, calls go your way, momentum goes your way. He said, thankful for the win, thankful for our students who showed up. Got to have a talk with professors who have exams on game nights and see if we can do something about that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's up to the professors to not have exams on game nights, I think, you know. <laughs> yeah. Change your syllabus for us. Right. I mean, it's not like this whole point is it's at a university. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. I would be mad if I had a professor schedule a test on a game night, though, if I was a student. Well, you probably should take night class then. Because the odds are you're going to. Yeah. Run into some conflict there, yeah, with the old night class, you know. Mm-hmm. This is how it is, man. You're, 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 you're going to school to go to school. Yeah, I mean, usually that's the that's that should be the priority. I would are. think. Yeah, not yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would a young Jake and Terrez do if faced with the the moral conundrum of a school test or the the game? Oh. Well, you had to. You had to do. I mean, I mean, like as, as a, a student ba- like, Did you go to the basketball games? I did go to the basketball games, but I I didn't take any night classes. But I mean, there are plenty of tests that I did not prepare properly for. Or <laughs> I was more likely to go to a night class. My attendance was far better for my night classes than it was for morning classes. Oh, look, I I, I like I, night classes. I did some unprincipled things in college, so you know. Might have been some cheating going on at certain points in time. Not things right. I'm proud of or would ever recommend anybody else trying to do or learn from my mistakes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I always found a way. Find somebody to go take that test for you so you can I go was, to the game. <laughs> I was resourceful. Yeah, you know what? I don't uh, – I'll be honest with you. I don't know how anxious I am to skip a test to go see – K State play West Virginia, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't. I don't. It's one thing if it's KU Kansas, maybe. right? Well, that, that's going to be packed anyway. Yeah, you don't have to ask the students to show up for that. I mean, I'm talking about versus you know a ranked team. Many of the, I mean, West Virginia's not a good team. Yeah, it's not a marquee matchup. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I saw people complaining yeah. about that and then lashing out at Jerome Tang for complaining about it and like, wow, you guys just won. In, in general, I mean, the Star wrote an article about it. Yeah. In general, I do. I think it's like it's it's your job. You're getting paid, you know, seven figures to put a product that people find worth their time and money. You know, and I I think telling people they should come to the games because it's their their duty or responsibility. Uh, I usually think it's better to try to make them want to come. Jeff says, for what it's he tweets in, for what it's worth, a lot of day classes proctor their exams at night. Ah. Really? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yep. Yeah. I never experienced that, so I don't know. Say something. No, I'm I'm listening to some of this post game, but it sounds like Sounds like after his comment about the students, uh, m- there might have been some kind of reaction from Kellis Robinette. 
and in the middle of Christian, I mean, I wasn't there, so I, I can't. I can just tell you what the audio sounds like. Well, let me hear it. All right, so we'll go back to his him talking about students, and then here we go. Right, they're, they're a 10 to 15 point advantage when we have the five to 7,000 in there, and it makes a difference. And we hadn't had it the last couple games, and uh, blessed that we were able to, to get the wins. But if we're going to win the next home game, uh, we need them to show up. So, take questions. Who wants to start? D. Scott. Coach uh, Todd. Kellis, what's up, bro? <laughs> Tyler was in here talking about emptying the tank. What was that? What was that? No, I, I, I just, like I said, I wasn't there. I don't know. It just, I, maybe it has something to do with the first question. Who was going to take the first question? Uh, Sound like it said D. Scott and started asking questions and. Jerome. Well, that's because Kellis walked in the room at, the, at that time, or who knows? I don't know. I, don't, I just, I, I guess, I feel like that would be more of a talking point after you you just lost a game, as opposed to after you just won one. I don't know. Well, maybe it's a better time to do it after you win because it doesn't sound like you're making excuses about why you lost. You know. Or maybe you don't do it at all. Well, that's an option also. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I look, I, again, I don't have a reaction to it either way because, yeah. I, you know, but, you know, and you can only take social media so far, but I just read you some of the yeah. comments. Yeah. Of angry K-State fans for him bringing that up. Yeah, I. They play, and, he, and here's the deal, you know. They needed that win, right? Yeah. And then CJ said they have to win three of, of the last four. Well, now at Cincinnati, which they should win, but it's a road game. At KU, I'm going to give you a little sneak preview. They're not going to win that game. Okay. And then home against Iowa State. And, yeah, they need a packed house to beat Iowa State because Iowa State's freaking good. Yeah. Can they beat Iowa State? Yes. Iowa State maybe playing for a share of the Big 12 championship on that day. And so, yeah, yeah, you need it. But that that's you don't have to encourage anyone to come out to watch a game on senior day against a top 10 team. You wouldn't think so. And a traditional rivalry. So they're going to show up anyway. I mean, Cincinnati? I don't know. I mean, they should beat them, but again, you got to throw... Throw everything out when you go on the road. We've seen that. Well, and I guess like the the point is, that is it worth what what Jerome Tang said if it brings more students to the next game? But the next game's not till March 9th at home. And like you said, the that those comments are not going to have any impact on the crowd for that day because that crowd's already going to happen. Yeah, and it's a long ways away. So I don't know if it's worth it. I think it's worth it because it gave me some content yeah. for today. Yeah. Yeah, since he's 5-9, and 16-11, nah, I don't they, they, Well, they got to win that game. You have to win that game. You got to win that game, and then you got to win either against Kansas or Iowa State. 
And then CJ said, you might need to win another one in Kansas City. But if you win at Cincinnati and then lose at Kansas, it's doable that you could beat uh, Iowa State. Sure. You could. Especially if you get them to overtime. No. So. Now K-State 17-11, and 7-8 and eight in the conference. Had to have it last night. And they get it done in overtime. After an absolute collapse. But... Nobody cares about the collapse after you. Well, I guess some people do. <laughs> make some of the comments. Yeah, some people did. But you get a win, ninety four ninety in overtime. So there you have it. Do you think? Uh, what do you think they need to do to get in? Do you agree with CJ? Three or four, and then win one in Kansas City. Does he that do knows, it? He knows more about the bracketology right now, right now than yeah, but I he's do. He's not here, and I want to um, know from you. Well. I don't know. I, I feel like as good as the Big 12 is this year, maybe it's possible that even – I mean, because if they lose those games to Kansas and Iowa State, I would bet that their net ranking goes up just for playing those two teams. So maybe it's possible that if they just win the Cincinnati game and win a game or two in Kansas City, it's good enough. I, I don't know. That would put them eight if they lost those two games? Yep. Be eight and ten? Yeah. I feel like we've seen teams with eight and ten conference records. What if they lost all three? Well, I don't think they're getting in if they do. So that. you think they could lose two of them and still be in? Maybe I don't know. I think they have to do some work in Kansas City. Yeah, probably win a game, at least a game, maybe two in Kansas City. I thought you said that you think you thought CJ knew more about bracketology than you do, <laughs> and then you absolutely go against what he just said. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be boring if I said the exact same messages. thing as him. I'm getting over here. You should take his opinion over mine. The important thing is K-State won for them, bottom line. Yeah, they needed to have that. But that's on Jerome Tang, the the, the other thing's a story. Yeah, and, and I don't maybe he's okay one. with that. Why are you talking about this? Wow, this, uh, Kelly Shavinette tweeted about it. Can't see Star wrote about it. Well, he clearly and wants K-State us to talk fan. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he said it. Yes. Like I said, it's totally different. My biggest frame of reference is thinking about like being a KU football fan and, and and hearing some of those coaches over time complain about lack of turnout. We need the support if we're going to turn this thing around. And it's like, no, you got to turn this thing around and you'll get support. You know, Lance Leipold showed up and started winning. People the started showing up to the games. Right now would be Mizzou basketball. Right. Dennis Gates cannot say anything about anyone <laughs> right. showing up whatsoever. Yeah. Like, Jerome Tang can be like, look, we won last year. We're yeah. on the bubble this year. If you help us, we can get into the tournament. You know, because, like, the product that K-State's putting out there is not terrible. They're almost 500 in the league. I guess I guess Dennis Gates could say it, but then it would be like, yeah. come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just not say anything. I don't think it's the alumni, and maybe the students it's different, I don't know, but I don't think it's your responsibility as, a, as an alum or a fan of your school to pay your money to support somebody. It's their responsibility to put something out. They're charging you for the tickets. And again, he's, I guess told, if you're student, he's talking about not. the students. Yeah, he's talking it about is the different. students. Yeah, that's true. And, and apparently, I mean, he's. I mean, one of the points he's making there is he goes around campus and does, does. a lot of stuff for those students, and he I seems can, to really do that. I can understand his point. I see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But I can, you know, it. it it's always a dangerous thing when you criticize your fans. Right. But maybe he's he's earned that. Well, they get the win last night. They're seven and eight, seventeen wins overall, and the final stretch at Cincinnati at Kansas.
and then home against uh, Iowa State. We've got some other comments to talk about. Eli Drinkwitz spoke to the media, which is very exciting because football never goes away. And for someone that needs it, that's a a welcome surprise. It wasn't a surprise. It was a scheduled press conference, but it's a welcome addition to the show when we get to play Eli Drinkwood's comments, especially with no AD, because uh, he is the boss right now. He's the B-M-O-C, big man on campus. And so we'll play several of his comments coming up. Also, boy, this Sean McDermott, this guy's not afraid to put a quote out there. I can promise you that. This guy, you know, after the after the whole quotes about terrorists got out, I might I might think about being a little bit more careful with my words about Sean McDermott and my playoff and my repeated playoff failures. I might just shut her down, but you know what? He's not. And I think we have I have a fun quote from him. That, that I, I I saw it, I go, oh boy, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. And then I drove in and listened to, uh, Jake loves this show. Yeah. Uh, he loves, uh, Smalls was talking about it. Jake said, can you believe, it? every time I come in here, Jake said, can you believe what Smalls said today? Like, oh, right. Not really. Um, but they were talking about this Sean McDermott quote. And I want to see if you guys have any issue with this. So we'll, we'll bring that up. This is a little teaser for the 6 o'clock hour. All right. We'll be back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB and 38 The Spot. No, we're not. <laughs> Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you so much for joining us. Sean McDermott sat down with Tim Graham of The Athletic for an interview at the Combine in Indianapolis. I enjoyed reading it. I honestly, I don't know what to think of Sean McDermott, to be totally truthful. I mean, there's, there's a few people that have that opinion. But uh, I'll read from this uh, article. The interview barely had begun when the images appeared over Sean McDermott's shoulder. They weren't the worst lowlights ESPN could have shown right then, but they were haunting enough. Oh, geez, McDermott said when it was pointed out. His forced laugh sounded more like a groan. The unopened hotel lobby bar offered privacy Sunday morning, although not an escape. If there was such a thing amid the NFL, the TVs were on, counting down the greatest games of last season, and number two was the Buffalo Bills' gut-wrenching playoff defeat in Highmark Stadium. So as he sits down for this interview, over his shoulder on the television, they start to show highlights of the Chiefs' victory over the Bills in the divisional round of the playoffs. And then it, it, someone points it out to Sean McDermott. He goes, oh, God, oh, geez. <laughs> Which is an understandable <clears throat> response. Right. It's painful. McDermott said, his voice trailing off. He watched for a little bit. Tyler Bass's kick didn't go through the uprights this time either. 
McDermott, looking at the TV, says, There's a guy crying. He winced and shook his head a little at the sight of a Bills fan pulling a winter hat down over his eyes and sobbing. What was the question again? What a what a what a sight, right? Just, <laughs> he sits down to do this interview, and they're they're showing highlights of the Chiefs and Bills, and a Bills fan crying. Anyway, um, off-season questions have gotten repetitive for McDermott, who is attending his eighth NFL scouting combine as Bills head coach. He still hasn't taken his team to the Super Bowl. Three straight years, the Bills have been eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. Um, and there's a faction of displeased fans who want to move on, convince McDermott is squandering quarterback Josh Allen's superpowers. McDermott is aware of this. He's also aware his mentor turned perennial AFC obstacle Andy Reid endured similar criticism when they were with the Philadelphia Eagles together. Reid fired McDermott, and the Eagles eventually fired Reid, who has since won three Super Bowls with the Kansas City Chiefs and looks like a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so here's the quote that's getting the juice. And when the Athletic promoted this article, they just they they just the quote was the headline, right? It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. McDermott said of winning a Lombardi trophy. That is the relentless pursuit. And boy, oh boy, when you go to that tweet, where they use that quote, you should see the the, the responses to that. They were pretty. They were pretty good. They were pretty creative. Someone said, "I know when when you're fired." Oh boy! Another person respond, responded, "Yeah, when Mahomes retires." <laughs> Well, I mean, just all these, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. So all that these people awesome. yeah. responding <laughs> on eggs on Twitter when this gave happens. examples of when, you know, that's when. <laughs> and most of them had to do with him being fired, Mahomes uh, retiring, Andy Reid retiring. There's a, just a, there's a lot of them. So I, I'm just I'm just curious. When you hear that quote, it's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. What, what's your just What's your response to it? What's your gut reaction? Um, I think that it's good for a coach to have that mentality. You know, you want to be confident. You you need to believe in the mission and in the cause, and that you're going to be successful. And you got to you got to convince everybody in your organization that the same thing. Good good for a coach to, to have that mentality externally or internally? Internally is probably better. You know, I don't think, I mean, and not that everybody should do things exactly the way Andy Reid or Bill that, Belichick that do. That quote's going to haunt him. Yeah. If he yeah. keeps losing to the play. I mean, he's not, yeah. he, he's, he can't get back to the championship game right now, right. much less the Super Bowl. Right. And so he, you, you know this quote, it, it's, it's already making its rounds. Yeah. It's going to be regurgitated over and over again. Yeah, like, a, you know, I don't think Andy Reid would say something like that in public. No. I don't, I don't think Bill Belichick would say something like that in public. So, 
And that doesn't. Hey. That's a conversation they were having on ESPN Radio about an hour ago or so. You know, who's the ex-player that's on there? Chris Canty, and he's just, he he just went he went to all these coaches. This coach wouldn't say that. This coach wouldn't. He's, I'm just telling you. You know, it, it's it's maybe Pete Carroll would. Maybe I'm trying to think of like a know. Super Bowl champion coach that I can see saying that. Because I, I I can't figure Buffalo out. And look, this is this is this is. I know you had a comment the other day that that caught my ear when when I when I I said, look, anyone that even attempts to try to make any kind of ridiculous argument that suggests that Mahomes isn't far and away the best quarterback in the NFL. It's disingenuous. It's your hater. You can't honestly believe that. Right. And if you do believe that, then then you either don't know football or you, you, you're not very smart or, you know, you're a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic, you know? Yeah. The, the, the knife is dull, okay? <laughs> and so it's just, it's just not – it's just it's yeah. not – okay, and, and listen, this is – I want you to think about this. How close this was to being an actual discussion, okay? But the distance he's put between him and everyone else the last couple of years is is just case closed, right? Yeah. Let's go back to the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, the rematch, mm-hmm. okay? Joe Burrow and the Bengals had just won an AFC Championship game the previous season and gone to the Super Bowl. They were right back in Arrowhead for a rematch of the AFC Championship game. And they had the ball in their hands under two minutes. And it just come. What was the third down that they converted? Was it like third and 15 or third and 16? Yeah. Yep. I can't remember. To their tight end. It was yeah. ridiculous, right? Yeah. Yep. And no matter how much you believed in the Chiefs defense or whatever, when they converted that third down, that was like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Because cause they're, they're, all they got to do is get in position for a field goal and kick a field goal with no time left, and, and, they're, and they've done it again. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Burrow has won back-to-back AFC championship games in Kansas City, yeah, and he's going to his second Super Bowl in a row. But Chris Jones with the sack that ended the drive. Mahomes gets the ball back. We all know what happens. They win the game. He goes, and and, and at that point, Nathan, he Mahomes only still has only has one championship, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say Burrow. Wins and then the Bengals go and beat the Eagles. It could happen. And then Burrow's got a championship. Mahomes got a championship, and Burrow's got two playoff wins over Mahomes. That's how close we were to having that kind of conversation, but it didn't happen. And the Chiefs won, and the Chiefs won a championship. And then a year later, Burrow gets hurt, and the Chiefs win another championship. And so now. Three titles to nothing for Burrow, to nothing for Josh Allen, to nothing for Lamar Jackson. 
a year later, a head-to-head victory over Lamar Jackson, a head-to-head victory over Josh Allen, both of them on the road. The distance is now the Grand Canyon. It's yeah. over. How are you doing? There's no, there's How are y'all doing? Now these guys have to go out and win multiple championships and to even get back in the conversation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's 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 no longer there's just no there's no argument. Right. There's no case for right. And that's why I said this whoever's if they're saying that they're 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 lying to themselves. Right. But and then you said, well, the, the, the number two, I have no idea who it is, right? Yeah, that's the real I, question. To, like to me, I do, and I feel pretty strongly about that. It's Josh Allen, and I just mentioned Burrow, in all these things, right? But here's the deal: how many seasons has Burrow played in in the in the in the NFL? Is it four? That sounds right to me. How many has he finished? Two. Two. That counts. Yeah. That's part of it. Okay? Yep. I don't know about you, but I saw my quarterback go out there in the playoffs essentially on one leg after his ankle got rolled up on in the divisional round and win the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about you, but I saw my quarterback get his freaking knee twisted around to where it looked like uh, something out of a medical book, a medical handbook, whatever. I mean, it looked dislocated. Remember that? Yep. Right? And later on that season, he comes back miraculously and wins the Super Bowl championship. Okay? These things count. That's part of the story. And if you have only finished 50% of the seasons that you played in the NFL. That counts. That's part of it. When he's out there, he's hell on wheels. When he's out there, and then I saw this. This may be my one of my favorite tweets ever from Scott Kazmar. Joe Burrow, last night he tweeted this because he was arguing with people about this. Joe Burrow has won one game in the NFL when the Bengals trailed in the final eight minutes. Joe Burrow has won one game in the NFL when the Bengals trailed in the final eight minutes. His defense has as many touchdowns in the fourth quarter of playoff games as he's led touchdown drives. One. He's had one touchdown drive in the fourth quarter of playoff games, okay? And so all those things factored in, Josh Allen, to me, is number two. And I saw the Chiefs shut down the Dolphins, absolutely shut down the Ravens. They did a pretty damn good job, what I mean, 19 points in regulation, with with the uh, with the Forty ers I didn't feel like they shut down Josh Allen. Josh Allen balled out. That was a hell of a game. He played great, and so I I think he's the number two guy. And so I th- and so I believe that puts more pressure on McDermott because I kind of agree with that faction of fans that was referenced in this article. He hasn't gotten enough out of Josh Allen. And the super talent that he is. 
He hasn't. And so I would, I, if I'm a if I'm a Buffalo fan, I'm not totally sure that I believe that they can get to a Super Bowl with him as head coach. If I'm a Buffalo fan, I think okay, I've got a quarterback good enough to get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if my coach can get us there. Yeah, and then, and, and we'll talk about this later. But it gets into the reasoning. He he still stands behind the fake punt where Demar Hamlin had the ball. And he gives a bizarre answer to that. Just, just there's just things that lead me to believe that you know what they're wasting some superstar years from Josh Allen. And so when he says, you know, it's not a question of if but when. Well, the people are saying, well, when when Buffalo moves on from you, <laughs> that might be the correct answer. Yeah, <laughs> is that crazy to think that? I mean, that just that's. I said I would I would have. Uh... Sean McDermott doesn't scare me. Josh Allen scares me. Yeah. You know? If I were Buffalo, it seemed to me like a no-brainer to hire Bill Belichick if he could. Oh, whoa. Bill Belichick's a great coach if he's got a great quarterback. Now we got a break. That, that take was so hot. I like it, though. I'm not saying it's wrong. That take was so hot out of the oven. You've, now you've shown that you're here. He brought it. Finally showed up. We'll take a break. He showed right, up. I'll, I'll defend he my, brought my it. case. He brought it. It made it made Jake's hair curl just now. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Nate right now. Hot pants. You know, Belichick's still out there. If things, still out if, there. if things don't work out for Sean McDermott, I might I might go so far as to say I'd, I'd uh, maybe given Mike Vrabel a long yep. look considering what he accomplished with the yep. slappies he had a quarterback. Yep. My, my case for I'd for, rather have him than, than Belichick. Okay. Go ahead. Your case for. Well, what has Buffalo been missing more than anything when it comes to the Chiefs? It's not been the quarterback play, right? He's led touchdown drives. He's he's put the team in position to win games against the Chiefs. Sure they can't is. they can't stop Mahomes, right? When it counts, they can't. And now maybe the answer is there's not a person on earth that can give you the recipe to stop Mahomes. But if there is a person on earth who can design a defense to confound the greatest quarterbacks in human history, it's been Bill Belichick. He was the only guy that could figure out how to stop the 49ers under Joe Montana, right? He's actually been able to put together game plans that have that have flustered Mahomes a little bit. A little bit. You know, they've, they've frustrated Mahomes from time to time with their defensive schemes. I would say Bill Belichick's the greatest defensive mind in NFL history. Maybe Spags has something to say about that, but... If I'm the, if I'm the Bills... And, and a guy that that is arguably the greatest defensive mind in the history of the NFL and who's had some success putting together defenses that trouble Patrick Mahomes, I, it's a no-brainer. You, you need a genius to beat this team. Like, just a good coach isn't good enough. Well, Vrabel did uh, orchestrate a defense that let Tom Brady play his last game in New England. I mean, they knocked out the Patriots in that wild card round in 2019. Yeah, maybe maybe he maybe he's but, that kind of guy. It is the, it's the right point. 
You need a genius. You, like a good coach isn't good enough to beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We've we've figured that out, right? I, I mean, Andy Reid showed his, his greatness throughout this. The, like Spags and, and Andy Reid showed their superiority over every coach they went against. They they took and they went against some damn good coaches, right? That's what I'm saying. But they, they took those coaches out of their elements. I mean, that, and that's he did. He See, does that to McDermott every Harbaugh time. Harbaugh is a good enough coach. Yep. Lamar Jackson isn't a good enough playoff quarterback. Right. Josh Allen, to me, way better than Lamar Jackson. When you talk about postseason, when you talk about winning a big game, give me Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. I think I agree with that. Because the, the coach ain't the problem. That's playoff Lamar is the problem. I don't know. That offensive coordinator was the problem. Well, I mean, they completely went against the. I mean, they, they they put it in Lamar's hands, and that was the problem. They had the running game to, you know, they just went away from their identity. And the Chiefs had a giant hand in doing that. <laughs> but, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you've got the quarterback in Buffalo. That's what I'm saying. And, 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 and look, Belichick has shown he can't win if he doesn't have a great quarterback. But if he has a great quarterback and he can just go put together the defense, he's shown he can win a lot. I don't see how you, you, you don't see that if you're Buffalo. They're wasting another year. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. And McDermott's went, a good coach. He's, he's obviously a good enough coach. Yeah, but he's this laundry list of, of, of excuses as why they haven't won. And Anyway, you went on to... The fake punt call. Was that, 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 that's Even though it didn't come back to bite him, I did think it changed the tone of the game, and it was such a bizarre call. Yep. It, 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 it's, it's, it was a bizarre enough call. It would, I, I think it would make you lose faith in what your coach is doing. Like, what the hell are we doing? Um, uh, he, uh, when he was asked about the fake punt, so take the fake punt example against Kansas City. On fourth and five from zone 30, with Kansas City ahead by a field goal early in the fourth quarter, McDermott greenlighted a direct snap to Hamlin, the punt protector. The six foot, 200 pound safety's first NFL touch gained just two yards. <laughs> what, a, what a sentence. Yeah. I like the way that was written. <laughs> first touch. McDermott said, Had I not faked that punt with what I knew going into that situation, it would have been a failure had I not tried. I would have gone home that night saying, what would have happened had I faked that punt? It didn't work out that specific situation in that in that particular moment, but I need to do everything I can to help our team win. No. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm like, I want to hear, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. Got Woof. caught up in the moment. It was a bad move. Woof. You're, you're leaning into that? YOLO. No. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. Plus, it, it, <laughs> that Nick Bolton audio is fantastic. He knew they were going to run yeah. that big like, it, it was not even a surprise. And, I'm sorry, but two of all people? <laughs> right. How many touches he had in the NFL? None. Okay, Give here we go. Him. It's going to be the one. It's going to be the and one. And it looked like he hadn't. Right. Uh, all right. Move. I thought we'd have fun with that. Yeah. Mike DeCourcy coming up. Then we're going to play sound from Eli Drinkwitz's press conference. 
because Nate demands it at 7.30. Mark Bowrichter, Jared Sutton. And we'll talk about the fact that I'm actually going to Sporting Kansas City Media Day. You're coming? Hi, RSVP. Let's go, baby. I'm going and you're not going? Come on, Jake. I got to work. Here. I, got a, I got a show I got to work on. It doesn't start until 11.30. <laughs> yeah, Media Day's not until 11.30, buddy. Yeah, show up late? Why, Why not? not? That's, a, that's a power move. I bet you, you they'd rather have you late than not at all. Just letting you know. I'm making Lebo drive me and everything. Nice. We'll be back after this on WHP.